Hello and happy Friday, romance fiction queens. I'm excited to be popping in this week to share an episode with you because, well, I actually didn't know if I'd have time to do one this week. Um, my small town romance series, Wildwood, is officially in launch mode. The intro novella comes out next Friday called The Art of Second Chances, and I bumped up the release of my first book in the series to August. So for the next couple of months, I am in Wildwood takeover mode. And a lot of my time and energy is going into that. I sent out a newsletter to my subscribers earlier in the week explaining how I would be focusing so much on that that I couldn't really guarantee the frequency of the podcast and newsletters and the rest of my content for the next couple of months for anything outside of the launch of these books. But one of the queens inside the RFQ community asked a really great question this week, which was, what are some tips for writing the male point of view? And I got excited about that question. So it all worked out and led to me deciding I'd go ahead and do an episode on this topic because I think it's a really good one. So let's get into it. Welcome to The Business of Romance, the podcast that helps you turn your passion for romance novels into profits. I'm your host, May, also known as the Romance Fiction Queen, and I'll be joining you here each week to serve up my industry expertise and insights from this lucrative world of writing and self-publishing romance novels. Listen in for practical tips and strategies on writing to market, mastering self-publishing, and becoming the ultimate romance fiction queen. Let's get started. So as we get into this question, it brings up a lot of things for me personally that are really behind why I love romance novels so much. I think when I first really got into reading romance novels, and again, when I started writing them, it was a really cathartic experience in a lot of ways that goes much deeper than just the entertainment and escapism aspects of it, um, especially when I started writing them, because I found that I really had to ask myself what my fantasies were. Like, in order to create a swoon-worthy romance that readers would enjoy, I had to figure out what made me swoon, and I don't think that's something I really fully had answers to before diving into writing this genre. And it's a great question for a woman to contemplate because, well, I like to think that we're growing a lot in this area as a society. I know when I was growing up, what my fantasies were, that was not a part of the conversation. So it took me a while, I think, to really get into a good groove with that. And part of it was looking at what some of my favorite romance novels were and seeing if I could find some patterns there in the fantasies that they represented. And one thing that stood out to me pretty quickly was that I love enemies to lovers stories, still do, my favorite thing to read and write. But to be honest, it kind of freaked me out at first because I was like, what does that mean? Am I into toxic relationships? Like, what is this? But the closer that I looked at it, I realized it's less about that enemy tense fighting part of it and more about the challenge. 
The ultimate fantasy for me, I think, is a partner who challenges me and someone who keeps me on my toes. So it's never boring. And as you get into this question, you'll also find yourself asking, what kind of man do I think is swoon-worthy? That's part of it, too. Um, now, when I first started ghostwriting, the rotating point of views that we see in romance fiction today wasn't as much of a hard rule. So I would say easily for the first year of my ghostwriting career, I didn't have to worry about writing the male point of view. I went into every project with the assumption that I'd be writing from the female perspective, and my clients never questioned me on it. But as time went on and we started seeing rotating point of views become so popular in the best-selling romances, I reached a point where I couldn't avoid writing the male point of view anymore, which is another reason that I love ghostwriting, because it does force you out of your comfort zone. And it's not forcing you out into random places. What your clients ask for is based on what's selling well in the market. So it's pushing you from your comfort zone and into writing to market. But I was super resistant to writing from the male point of view because, I mean, to be 100% honest, I don't think I was a huge fan of men at the time. Like I had my, my short list of guy friends or partners or family who were like, the guys, if I could start society over again on an island and only women could go, because yes, that's something that I used to fantasize about. There was a short list of men in my life who could go, but the rest of them like weren't invited. So people that knew me well would make fun of me because the books that I read, the music that I listened to, the movies I watched, they were all for women, by women, about women. And I was really resistant to that male perspective and point of view. So in this respect, it's another way that writing romance novels, I think, has been really cathartic for me. Because in order to write from the male point of view, I had to like them, right? If I didn't like them, how were my readers going to like them? Now, I say all of that in case anyone else who finds themselves struggling with writing the male point of view also finds these types of thoughts and questions coming up. Some of you might find that relatable. Like it does bring up a lot of interesting questions that I really encourage you to lean into because I think it's part of the journey into writing these kinds of stories. It's a part of it that we should really embrace and gleam as much from it as we can. And the deeper that we get into writing crafts and analyzing romance novels, it does kind of become a sociological study, you know, and we do get the opportunity to study and analyze human behavior and desires in ourselves and in others. And I think the deeper that we lean into that, the more it will actually help our writing. So I encourage you to stop and kind of use this as a journaling opportunity to really sit and reflect on how do you feel about men? What kind of men are you attracted to? And how do you think that's the same as or different than what you think the average or largest percentage of society is attracted to? If you were to write what is, in your opinion, the ultimate love story, what do you find yourself putting into that? What would your dream man be? And then to write to market, do you think there's anything that you have to change or adapt about 
your own fantasies. Because sometimes in art, we're creating to a demand. We're creating what people want. But there is a point where sometimes we have to stop and push the envelope a bit because we might see an area where we think, I don't know if people actually want this or if they just think they want it because it's what we're so used to. I think what people actually want is this. So I'm going to push the envelope and give my readers that instead. So it's obviously harder to do that with a ghostwriting client because you have to give them what they're asking for. And I actually don't think that you should push the envelope too much with ghostwriting clients anyway, because if you're going to write something that's really original and revolutionary, I think you need to be publishing that under your own name. But when writing the male point of view, these are all really important things to think about because we've gone through a huge shift on this in recent years. And in many ways, I think we're still in the middle of that shift. What we saw as the typical and ideal fantasy male in romance novels of the past was like this big macho Fabio type guy who had a lot of traits that we would, I mean, characterize today as being pretty toxic. Like, you know, these strong, silent types who aren't very good at expressing their emotions or processing them. They're jealous and overprotective and really you know, they're just not what I would describe today as being the kind of man that I would encourage women to actually fantasize about or be with. Um, so there's two things you can do with that and that we are doing with it today, I think, in romance fiction. You can write a different kind of man or you can continue writing that kind of man because romance novels are fantasies. And sometimes for many different reasons, we want to live out fantasies throughout the pages of a book that we wouldn't actually want to live out in real life. So when we get into the dark side of romance, we're portraying something that I don't think women who read those actually want to fully live out. I don't know. Maybe they do. Either way, it's a fantasy for them. And that's where these books come from. But on the flip side of that, sometimes the fantasy is something believable that we would actually want to live out in real life. I'm going to talk a little bit about both of those today because I think it's interesting to explore, again, from a sociological point of view, but also for my ghostwriters who may be asked to write either one of those, like the kind of book that is pure fantasy and may even be dark at times, or the kind of book that is like a warm, happy, safe place that we would actually want either through the pages of a book or in real life. So the biggest tip I can give for writing from the male point of view is to make sure that your male characters are fully developed characters. I think that's the biggest struggle beginner romance novelists will face. If you're a woman who identifies as a woman, we tend to have an easier time fully developing strong female characters. But what I see a lot with beginners is that the male characters are very underdeveloped. The more developed that your characters are, the easier it's going to be to write them, and the more believable and relatable they're going to be, which is ultimately going to make for a stronger story. Now, obviously, if you're a woman who relates more to what would be considered male or masculine, then it might change that. I've definitely, I've talked to women who say it's the opposite for them, that they find it easier to write men 
than women. So that's interesting to think about as well. But again, the biggest thing for whichever point of view you find yourself struggling to write, or maybe you're just new to writing this perspective, so you're feeling uncertain, it's always to make sure that lack of practice or that uncertainty that you're feeling isn't causing you to create underdeveloped characters. I have some character development sheets available in the RFQ book boutique. They're also included in the Romance Novel Planner and Writing Workbook. So you can find those um, on the website, fictionqueen.com. You can also Google character development questions and find a ton of resources that way. I think some of my favorite character development questions are, what's something that your character loves about their lives right now? Something that they wouldn't change for anything or anyone? Uh, what's the best thing that could happen to them right now? And then what's the worst thing that could happen to them right now? I like to identify both what are the most likable things about a character, but also what are their flaws? And with any character development question, what's fun about it is that I feel like you can look at it on both levels. What we might see as our most likable traits and what our flaws are, are not always necessarily what other people would say are our most likable traits or our flaws. So sometimes it's fun to look at them, look at these questions from both levels. Um... Another fun one is what's something that they find irresistibly attractive in another person? So very similar to the thoughts I started this podcast with, as I ask myself, what do I find to be irresistibly attractive? I learn more about myself. So as you ask yourself, what does your character find attractive? You're not only giving yourself ideas for developing their perfect match, but you also learn more about who they are, too. I think starting out on a new book, I will often think I am really clear on who a character is. But then as I start writing, and definitely by the time I finish my first or second draft, I realize I wasn't as clear at the beginning as I thought, because that full clarity is something that really comes as I go. That character continues to morph into something that's fully fleshed out and rounded by the end of it. So make sure that you're thinking about all of these things and you're developing your male characters in the exact same way as you would your female characters, especially if you're working in rotating points of view and writing from that male character's perspective, because you do need to have just as deep of an understanding of who they are and how they think. So after you've gone through your character development process, let's say you've asked some character development questions, you've dumped a bunch of thoughts on this character into a big summary, the next tip would be to break that information down into some key bullet points. Now the goal of these bullet points is to have a very quick and concise reference on the essence or the meat of how a character thinks, speaks, and moves. I recommend doing this with every character, but especially as a woman who is learning to write the male point of view, because what tends to happen, and what I think we struggle with the most there, is that as we start writing, we sometimes slip back into what we know. And that can make a male character seem disjointed or kind of off to us if suddenly he seems very feminine. And we're kind of writing from that perspective by accident, assuming it's not in his character to be that way or it's something a client 
you may be writing for wants you to avoid. So I find that taking a really robust character profile and then breaking that down into the bullet points gives me something to refer back to so that I'm keeping that character consistent throughout the book. So every time they're reacting or speaking or making decisions, I have those bullet points to help me stay consistent. Another thing that really helps me is to have a point of inspiration or reference. So this could be um, a guy that you know in real life or maybe someone you've been with in the past. Uh, my favorite thing to do is to base my male characters off of male celebrities. I think the reason I find that to be so, so helpful, well, it's not just helpful, it's also fun, but it's really useful because the celebrities I'll use a lot of times are ones that I'm really familiar with. So I know how they move and they speak and look in a lot of different situations. So for example, I've seen Leonardo DiCaprio in so many movies throughout my life that it's super easy for me to imagine how he moves and speaks and what that might look like in these new scenarios that I'm manufacturing. So that's a great starting point. And then what happens is that character morphs into someone new as you start writing. Or maybe they don't. Maybe by the end of the book, it's still Leonardo DiCaprio or whoever in your mind. But that's not going to be obvious to your readers, most likely. They're going to create someone new in their minds based on the details that you've given. So as you're studying whoever your point of inspiration or reference might be, I strongly recommend making word lists. So think about that inspiration person in your mind or maybe even watch their movies or look up some things on YouTube. And as you're doing that, list how you describe their mannerisms, the way that they're speaking and moving. So this is a big one because I know that there are things that I do, ways that I speak, sounds that I make, that I see in other women too, that are different from how men speak, sound, and move. I wouldn't describe it in the same way. For a lot of the men that I know, I won't say all, but definitely a lot. And then in turn, a lot of the male characters I write, they don't have certain mannerisms or behaviors that women do. So to help that make sense, I think I have to give an example. So giggling is one of them. Are there men who giggle? Yes. Have I personally ever heard my husband make a sound that I would describe as a giggle? No. So when I'm reading something that's supposed to be from the male point of view and it says he giggled, it really throws me for a loop. Now, the problem here is that there may be women who disagree with me. They may say my husband giggles and the male lead in my book giggles. I can see it and hear it plain as day in my mind, and their readers may have absolutely no problem buying into that giggle right along with them. So the best way to establish these behaviors and these mannerisms that feel like a believable male character is just to study a man. And as I stated a moment ago, do that while making word lists of how they move and speak, taking into account whatever that man embodies, be it a deep voice, a muscular body, big, strong hands. Maybe that's not the male that you're writing. I don't know. But hopefully you get the idea that studying a point of reference and inspiration who resembles the male that you're trying to write and then figuring out ahead of time working through a word list of how you're going to describe their behaviors and mannerisms, their sounds and their expressions. Um, it may not even be a specific male. Maybe you just have your 
base of a male character profile that you already have a word list built up for that helps you stay true to that male perspective as you're getting more comfortable to write it. It's going to make a big difference in how well you're able to develop and present your male characters. Now, with all of this, you have to think about what your goal and perspective is. Who is your reader and what kinds of characters do you want to write? There are some terms that we see a lot in paranormal romance where characters tend to be a lot more primal, but we see a lot of this trickling into other subgenres as well. And two of those terms I hear the most are alpha males and beta males. So alphas are very confident, like sometimes to a point of being off-putting, while betas are friendlier and maybe even on the shy side. Alphas are leaders, betas are followers. Alphas are assertive. Betas are more reserved. So the best-selling, long-standing trend in romance novels is the alpha male. It's becoming more varied, and yes, we are making a shift, and this genre is becoming so much more diverse and nuanced, and it's beautiful, but the male we see the most of still in best-selling romance novels fits the alpha type most of the time. So you have to ask yourself, is that the kind of man that you want to write? Is that the kind of man that you're attracted to? Or do you prefer the beta type? Now, obviously, a well-developed character is going to be complex and isn't going to fit perfectly 100% into either of those boxes. But when you're learning how to write the male point of view, I think it's helpful to start with the basics and decide Which of these two extremes could I see myself gravitating more to? Which of these do I think my readers would like more? Now, my dream conversation to have is to find someone, a guest expert, who can help me dive deeper into the psychology of this concept of the alpha male and why it's something we see romance readers wanting so much of. So if romance novels are supplying an escape and a fantasy and we look at the alpha male, and we see how well that character trope performs in the market, it brings up a lot of questions about what it means and why women want that. I think a reason the concept of the alpha male gets criticized or questioned a lot today is that for many, it immediately conjures up a connotation with toxic masculinity. When that alpha male does feel toxically masculine, why is that so popular? Like, what fantasy is that fulfilling for women? I think we can dig a little deeper into some of those traits we would normally consider toxic, and we can ask what fantasies here are being satisfied with this. So, for example, we have the trait of emotional coldness, or when this alpha male character is, well, if he's like a jerk, like, why would a woman fantasize about that? So consider this, like, many women have dated a guy like that before, even though She thought he was a jerk. She was still attracted to him or she loved him. So we hope that in real life, she realizes she deserves better and she leaves him. But then wouldn't the ache that caused conjure up a fantasy where she didn't have to do that, where he actually changed and evolved so they could be together? So we can look at the trait of physical strength, muscular build, and a guy that's going to fight to protect a woman that he cares for even if he's emotionally cold or stunted. And for that, you have to consider many women have been in danger before or have felt unsafe. 
So there, we're fulfilling a fantasy of someone who could protect them, someone who's willing to stand up for them and make them feel safe. So what I would strongly recommend is that if you don't share those fantasies or if you don't understand them, you shouldn't write them unless that's something that you want to push and explore. Otherwise, that's not your voice. And it would kind of be a disservice to that audience to try and fake it in most cases. But the reason I wanted to talk about how to write the alpha male, like even if you hate the concept, is to help out ghostwriters who don't always get to make that choice. So if your subgenre specialty is contemporary or paranormal romance, you're going to get alpha male trope requests from your clients. And if you're a self-publisher who's trying to align your work to the market to increase your book sales, you're going to see that this alpha male trope is still thriving. So you might be thinking, like, how can I make peace with this and give readers what they want without sacrificing my own moral beliefs or feelings about it. So an alpha male, again, is defined as being someone who is dominant, powerful, um, typically the most dominant or powerful or assertive man in a particular group. Some personality traits would be highly intelligent, confident, successful. Alpha males are generally considered to be great leaders. They prefer to be in positions of power. They're very comfortable with high levels of responsibility. And then on a steamy level, they're fucking crazy in bed. Like they are not content with vanilla sex. So I don't know about you, but when we summarize those traits, confident, assertive, a great leader, powerful, can protect you, will stand up for you, really good and crazy in bed. Maybe that's not your real life perfect match for a relationship. I don't know. But you can start to see how it's an attractive fantasy, and how it makes for a really fun story. Strong personality types make for great stories, and this is a strong personality type, especially if you put a second main character who shares all of those same traits up against them, or even a second main character who is the complete and total opposite of that. So for writing an alpha male, I think it's important not to focus on what you have in your head of toxic masculinity. You instead have to remember that this character is just a person. And just because he fits a more traditional masculine stereotype, just because he's a leader, doesn't mean he always has to be a jerk. Or it doesn't mean that he's toxic. Like, break it down to those strong, confident traits that you're attracted to, that you can relate to, and make that the meat of your character. And also remember, we need room for character growth. So that might mean that you've developed this male character, as I've described above, but you don't show all the nice and good things you understand about him up front. He has a veil over him in the beginning. So maybe he does come across like a jerk, but as the book unfolds and he gets closer to the love interest, you unwrap it all and serve up the deeper good side to that character that you knew all along. So here's another important thing to keep in mind. Many men today have been raised under this social construct of being told that this alpha male and even toxic masculinity in some cases is the ideal for a man. Lots of stories explore the female's perspective on this and how throughout the story, their growth takes them from a place of trying to meet their own societal expectations and ideals to a place of accepting themselves for who they are and being okay with the fact that they don't meet that 
ideal that we've all been led to believe in. Male characters in your stories need to go through that exact same growth arc. And you can explore that in your books. So if you have an aversion to this trope, I recommend finding some top bestsellers with it and reading them anyway. Just keep an open mind. Take notes on the parts that you don't like. Then think about how you as a writer and as a person who maybe doesn't want to promote toxic masculinity, think about how you do it differently while still satisfying some of those fantasies that we've talked about. Obviously, this type of person and the stories that unfold around them are fulfilling a fantasy that women still have today. So they're making for interesting stories that people want to read. And if you're a ghostwriter, you're going to have to learn how to write this type of character. If you're a self-publisher, you're going to want to spend some time exploring it so you can create your own understanding and your own representation of this type of person. And as I said earlier, when you're writing and publishing your own work, I think it's important to focus on the fantasies that you understand. So if you can't find a shred of this kind of fantasy that you relate to or understand, even after dissecting it and researching it a little more, it may be mainstream, but it's not the only way. So get out there and find more authors who create characters that you love. Study how they're doing it, and then you can practice putting that into your own work. Okay, so to recap, how to write the male point of view as told by the romance fiction queen. First and foremost, make sure that you have a fully developed character. Break that big character summary down into bullet points that you can easily reference as you're writing. Choose a celebrity or someone you know to use as a starting point or as reference or inspiration. Then study that person and make some word lists about how they move and speak. What are their mannerisms and behaviors and what kinds of words are you going to use to write that? Decide what your goal or perspective as a writer is. What are you attracted to? Who is your reader? What are they attracted to? Or if you're a ghostwriter, look at this from your client's needs and expectations. The market they're typically writing to is going to be that stereotypical alpha male. But ask yourselves, what is alpha and what is toxic masculinity? How can you separate those two things in your mind so you can write someone who fits that alpha bill without being toxically masculine? All right, my queen, so that's all for today. If you have questions or comments on today's episode, I'd love to hear from you. Head over to fictionqueen.com to contact me, and I'll see you back here again very soon. Have a wonderful weekend. Happy writing and publishing. Well, that's all she wrote for today's episode of The Business of Romance. I hope you enjoyed this time of adding to your toolkit for how to turn your romance writing into a profitable business. If you want to continue your journey towards becoming a successful romance fiction queen, head on over to fictionqueen.com where you'll find tons of resources, courses, and freebies to help you build your empire. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it on social media and be sure to tag me so I can say thank you. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review on your favorite platform. Your support helps us reach more amazing writers and publishers just like you. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I hope you have beautiful days filled with creativity, inspiration, and lots of money rolling in from you sharing your talents with the world.